I played. I was like hitting the ball well, and I was like, my score is not reflecting. Well, if you hit the ball well, you wouldn't be in the rough so much. Yeah. <laughs> but three inches into the rough is is still you're lost. Nice penal, bro. <laughs> okay. Welcome to Still Processing, where we're still processing yep. uh, Mike's um, oh, you recording? golf game. Sorry. I was and uh, our day, we had a day off yesterday. We did. After a conference, like a long conference. Yes. And um, so, what did, yeah, just what did you do? We still feel like we're still arising from the dead. <laughs> I did oh, I nothing. Am. I slept and then I felt left the house one time and was like, am did I you, alive? Did you do a comfort meal? I did one yesterday. Oh, like, yeah. We went to a cocktail bar and I had some wait, cocktails. Cocktails and comfort meal? <laughs> 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 Maybe edit this right now. <laughs> I had a perfect comfort meal, though. Yeah. I, I left the conference. At I left the 10. conference and had one oh, too. Oh, yeah. You had Wingstop. I had Wingstop. You are ridiculous. <laughs> you oh, my gosh. Yeah. Wingstop I did go to Nopa <laughs> after and we stayed and chatted for a very long time. So it was great. That's oh, cool. that's fun. No, last night. I just, I text Ash and asked for like my favorite meal that we hardly ever have. Just like the most comforting meal. Taco Bell. Last night. No, <laughs> just kidding. Yeah. Yeah. It was so good. That's awesome. I actually have lift, leftovers I'm having for lunch. Nice. The best the gift mm. that keeps on giving. Yeah. Okay. Well, we had a, a conference this last week, um, this last weekend. Yes. Our, our very first uh, conference like this mm-hmm. uh, called... Um, Encountering God, the Encountering God conference that I, I really want to do every year. Yeah. Um, I think it was just so hmm. important for our church. Hmm. I think it was one of those things where it breaks up the the routine of like Sunday morning community group, then you kind of like do your life yeah. and then, you know, you listen to podcasts and it kind of interrupts that whole flow. Yeah. And I've seen some people that I knew, I know, like... N- needed something yeah and it, that was the thing it was like camp yeah. for for adults that have full-time jobs and like you know and there was childcare here so like people like it was it was that it was so good so that there was a part of it that was just it alone because it was a break from the norm was something really good but then um what happened mm-hmm. was amazing what happened yeah. in the room what the anticipation going into it the the months of prayer leading up to it and our prayer team just cultivating uh, the prayer room, the prayer chapel, and then the sanctuary for it to be a space mm-hmm. where people meet with God has been, it was incredible. So we had Pete Hughes mm-hmm. with us. Now, Pete, um, I've been wanting to get uh, Pete to come to our church for several years. I've known Pete for 10 years. We've journeyed together through a thing called Sea Rock that um, we started 10 years ago. And I, I, I get to see him at least once a year. And Pete started this thing at Sea Rock, um, where it was year two we did this, where we all the all the guys, all these pastors that we just kind of mm-hmm. collectively decided to journey mm-hmm. together over the long period of time, we'd all get into a room, and Pete and his brother Johnny, who the Hughes family is like heavily into UK music, mm-hmm. like Tim Hughes is his brother, like is oh, okay. deeply mm-hmm. in, into into that scene, so they just would. There's a piano there, and they would ask someone to play a song, mm. and then they would say, "Come, Holy Spirit," and then you would choose someone, mm-hmm. and then we, the whole room, would prophesy over them. Mm-hmm. And it was, and it's like led my, like legitimately led the direction of my life the last ten years through these just this mm-hmm. one, like session. Of, mm-hmm. uh, we do it every morning, so but I have all my recordings on my phone from every single one of them. Oh, that's special! Yeah. And mm-hmm. like Pete had prophesied over. Um, me that we would buy a house in the mm-hmm. city, which was crazy that we like, I just didn't know how it happened. <laughs> it happened. And then the, mm-hmm. the year before we bought our building, 
he said, your house is a first fruits of, mm-hmm. your, of, of more that God's going to do. He's going to get you guys into a church building next. And I'm like, and then we like six months later, get a call about this building. And, um, so he, and all this other stuff too, personal stuff, mm-hmm. like crazy. And, but all, the whole group, it's been like that. So I've wanted to bring Pete here forever, but I knew it had mm-hmm. to be special. Just wouldn't be like, I'm out this Sunday or yeah. you're in town. Yeah. I wanted to be like. I wanted to him to yeah. bring what he carries. And yeah. he carries this prophetic gift that is almost eerie. Him and his wife, mm-hmm. B, carry this prophetic gift that is so like um, so genuine mm-hmm. and not weird. It's only weird because it's so accurate, mm-hmm. but they don't do it in a weird way. They do it in a very, very humble way. So we were able to get Pete to come, and we've been planning this for a long time. So we had um, uh, Pete come and just teach the entire weekend. And I said, Pete, just bring the things that you're carrying. We're in this series called Unseen Realm, where obviously it's the all this dealing with all the stuff that's unseen um, in Scripture, and then how that leads to the Holy Spirit who lives in us, and then that supernatural stuff mm-hmm. that, like, you know, the weird part of Christianity that you're like that the unseen stuff that people can get a little weird about. Mm-hmm. Let's bring it. So he did, <laughs> and um, and it was an amazing weekend. He started Saturday night. Uh, with a teaching on just some stuff he's learned from visiting Asbury and being connected with the people, the Asbury outpouring. Mm-hmm. That was really cool. And his whole thing about consecration mm-hmm. and um, and hosting the presence of God. He said his thing was like during the charismatic renewal movement, that was about the power of God and the Asbury outpouring was about the presence of Jesus. Mm-hmm. Oh. And it was different, you know, the, mm-hmm. the, the charismatic stuff was like loud and like, you know, people were shaking and like, ah, yeah. and then, but the Asbury thing was gentle and Super like, quiet. it's really quiet. Yeah. And you just knew that the presence of God was there and people just wanted to like. In a part mm-hmm. of the country that is flyover country. Yeah. yeah. In, in the sense yeah. that it wasn't in a, an urban center. Exactly. Yeah. 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 And, um, oh, and he read the quote, basically, I, I forget that the theologian that went to Asbury and then he put it up on the screen. Oh, yeah, that was good. And, but the part that stood out to me was they were saying, um, it was led by Gen Z yeah. You know, mm-hmm. God was like working in the lives of these Gen Zers mm-hmm. to minister to all these different people who came. Mm-hmm. And the only people who had their phones out taking pictures were the boomers, yeah. Yeah. which because everyone else, like all the young people just left their phones at home to connect yeah. with the Lord. And uh, yeah. that was powerful. That was yeah. really powerful. Yeah. Powerful. Yeah. And um, I loved his thing on when he was talking about the whole thing wasn't on Asbury. It was like no. what God was doing in Asbury has just been this like mm-hmm. very acute, like, um, like that's where the, like the, the point of like volcano, like where it erupted mm-hmm. from this mm-hmm. thing that was happening kind mm-hmm. of everywhere. Sure. And he was saying that, uh, it wasn't flashy. Like he has this really funny thing where all these music, musical, um, worship, mm-hmm. like big names would mm-hmm. call up and say, "Hey, you're doing our songs and you're butchering them. I'm yeah. off. I'm free. I'll wave my feet and I'll come and and lead." And they're like, "No thanks, please, no." Yeah. And they didn't do media interviews. Yeah. CNN, yeah. all the different people were yeah. like, "We want to do this as a um, said no. a human interest yeah. story," and they were like, "Oh, please stay away." Yeah, right, which mm-hmm. was smart. Oh yeah, the, yeah, exactly. Um, so all of that stuff, and so, but what what he was really that night, what he was um, carrying was like, if if there's this like, um, if the last season of life has been known by struggle, like us contending just to stay faithful. This mm-hmm. next season that mm-hmm. the church is moving into is w- more of a like hosting the presence of God, yeah. spring rains. Like the, he was like, like the, all about stewarding abundance. Yeah, like oh, yeah. what that abundance. would That's look right. like, and just the excitement and expectation for yeah. that was, it was just really cool. 
cool. Yeah, that stewarding abundance piece was um, was beautiful. It was like, um, I think it, you know, I, I heard a couple people walk up to him and ask him questions, and they're like, mm -hmm. I don't see that. Like, mm -hmm. what are you talking about? You yeah. know, um, you know, I think San Francisco has been so drastically hit uh, with pandemic and where Christians here are really exhausted, mm -hmm. you know, and that was what was beautiful about mm -hmm. this, this um, conference was people being able to receive mm -hmm. our whole staff being able to receive everyone just being able to receive. It was really, really beautiful. Mm -hmm. If you want to listen to uh, the audio of, um, of the entire conference, we're putting mm -hmm. it on our website. Mm -hmm. It'll be under uh, something. I don't know. Encountering God conference. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Just Google it. Under teachings, teachings. Okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Under teaching resources, teachings, click, 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 click. Yeah, exactly. We want you so deep in our website. Exactly. Can you never yeah. get out? <laughs> exactly. Um, all, all of them will be there. Yeah. But what we thought we'd do is we start with like a question mm -hmm. um, from a congregant who was here this weekend. And um, she's in healthcare uh, and had a question. Well, I'll just, just go ahead and play it. I think this is a really good question to launch into some discussion about this weekend. Great. Hi. Um, so I have a question around gifts of healing. A little background, I work in healthcare. Um, I'm a nurse. I primarily um, work with um, patients with cancer um, on an inpatient unit. Um, I also do inpatient hospice and uh, a lot of other general medicine things. So I see a, a, a broad range, but the full consensus that I see is a lot of death and a lot of suffering. Um, particularly in a lot of young people and also in a lot of old people. And um, I have seen people that are very, very sick for a really long time and never get healed. Um, I also have a mother who has cancer and has been chronically ill my entire life um, and a sister who is chronically ill. Um, both those people have been prayed over for years and years and years for healing. Um, so a question that I have around gifts of healing um, and spiritual gifts is how do I reconcile all of that with the goodness of God and believing in the gifts of healing? Because honestly, hearing stories of people that have been healed from their sicknesses is almost triggering for me. Because I'm like, well, why hasn't this person been healed? Why hasn't my mom been healed? Um, why has God chosen not to heal any of the countless number of patients that I've had die miserable deaths? I want to be able to be hopeful um, and trusting in the Lord in this area, but it's really hard for me. So yeah, I just want to leave that out there. And how do you, how do you reconcile that? Wow. Wow. Such a good question. <laughs> Yeah. This is uh, this is it. Yeah, I just want to say that's just such an earnest question that I feel like is so vulnerably raw that I was like, I feel like that tone of the question was what the time our conference was like. And I feel like that's just something for us to bring to the Lord too of like how earnest and honest it is of to be that real for people to bring like a really deep question like that, which is something that I think will embolden our faith, but also... Um, is like a really real thing that a lot of our congregation struggles with. So I think drawing that question for that, but 
I think just pastorally, I'm just like, I cannot imagine what being in the day-to-day where there is so much suffering and death to also be confronted with what Jesus did in his ministry and even what our conference was. So I'm like, yes, I'm plus a thousanding of like what this question brings up for people. And so, yeah. Yeah, yeah. so we were in the conference and even in this uh, series and the second half of this series yeah. will be a lot of this. Yeah. Um, around uh, like the the supernatural power of God mm-hmm. to do the works of the kingdom, the thing that Jesus did, um, healing was a part of it, yeah. making blind people see deaf ears open, um, even resurrections, like mm-hmm. bringing people mm-hmm. who were dead back mm-hmm. to life. Um, there was uh, demonic deliverance, yeah. um, preaching gospel to the poor, preaching gospel to people who were uh, in spiritual influence but mm-hmm. abusing their influence. Um, all these things were like marks of like the, a kingdom coming. Mm-hmm. And the question really is when that starts to happen, when people start to get healed mm-hmm. or there's prophetic words or something like that, inevitably somebody will ask, well, why not me? Or yeah. why not my friend? Or why not my mom? Yeah. Or why not? And how do you deal with that? Mm-hmm. And I think that's a really, really valid question. One that I've wrestled with myself. My mom died of cancer a few years ago um, after, you know, a lot of people praying for her and me praying mm-hmm. for her and all of this stuff. So uh, that's a real personal one. I totally understand it. There's a couple people in our congregation that also are battling cancer <clears throat> that um, we've prayed for for mm-hmm. a few years, and they're young people too. They're not, um, which always seems, it feels like it seems so much more unfair, you know, yeah. when they're really young, um, mm-hmm. from like, you know, age four to, you know, 21, you know, that mm-hmm. sort of thing. Uh, so, how, how do you then do that as well? So I, I think one of the concepts to get your mind around when it comes to this is called inaugurated eschatology, mm. where the kingdom of God was inaugurated in Jesus, but not fully here yet. So one easy way to remember this is um, already not yet. Yeah. So the kingdom is already here in Jesus, but it's not yet. It's not completely here mm-hmm. yet. Mm-hmm. Where um, in the Old Testament, there would be prophesy the time of Messiah, would close the age of Satan, would close the age of the Mm -hmm. evil one, completely close the age of darkness, where sin reigns, and then open the age Mm -hmm. of the new age to come. But what happened in Jesus was actually, there was an opening of the new age to come, but it wasn't the closing of the old age. So you have two ages overlapping. So when you have this overlapping ages, you have already not yet. You have uh, there, there is healing that happens, but not everyone gets healed. I can't, the thing is, you, it's a mystery. You can't answer the why. It has nothing to do with um, faith of the person necessarily. That's where it gets a little tricky. It doesn't like, the more you believe, then that, that will, it's not mm-hmm. um, give and take that way. Even in Jesus' ministry, it doesn't happen that way mm-hmm. um, necessarily. But the faith is involved, for sure. Faith is needed yeah. uh, for anything like that to happen. But the degree of faith, it's actually the, mm. the place your faith is in, not mm. how the how level of your faith, yeah. you know, how strong yeah. it is. It's in the person of Jesus, even mm-hmm. when the superstitious lady that touched Jesus' cloak, Jesus is like, hey, yeah. I want to make sure that your faith is in the right place, not in like fashion and in me. Yeah. You know, I healed you. Your faith mm-hmm. has made you well. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So you have this already, not yet. That pastoral question then is, opens up all kinds of other stuff. But mm-hmm. theologically, that's kind of how you get your mind around it. Um, but the other pastoral thing, and I'll just stop talking here and let you guys also talk, is the meaning of suffering. Yeah. Because we live in a, a more of a, a Western, again, this is like our 
though our Western beliefs, our mm-hmm. Enlightenment uh, beliefs, rationale, rational has led to so many beautiful things, mm-hmm. like medicine, like all of that stuff. It's <laughs> it's not to say it's all bad. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. really, really good. It's just shaped our culture and expectations yes. when it yes. comes to suffering. Yeah. That's right. But yeah. So now it's really hard to find meaning in suffering, mm-hmm. where I think more and more people are, are um, because we're leaving the age of rationality or the mm-hmm. age of 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 this like you have to know everything and we're moving into a, a more of a mysterious age i think i mm-hmm. think i really believe that's happening especially with younger people um there is more and more stuff you'll find on youtube or whatever of like people <laughs> that suffer talk about the meaning they're suffering mm-hmm. and there's meaning behind it mm-hmm. jordan peters has been doing mm-hmm. a ton of this stuff you know mm-hmm. that's why stoicism um, is becoming more and more popular exactly as well. yes mm-hmm. exactly in the manosphere like ryan stoicism. holiday and all that stuff <laughs> yeah right? and how often you think about the roman empire and all that <laughs> oh my gosh <laughs> totally here we go again <laughs> zero um but so you get, um, so it's hard to find meaning in it. The only meaning is in life is really comes from um, like being healthy and whole and mm-hmm. um, having enough of it, mm-hmm. a, abundance of things. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that that points to something that points to what it will be. Mm-hmm. But here, Jesus, Jesus, it even says Jesus learned obedience through suffering. Like there is something that we learn about mm-hmm. suffering. So part of uh, what comes to mind in the question uh, around like what's cultural norms for us? We live in a first world. We live in a, a, pl- a country where all the medical innovations happen mm-hmm. or l- mm-hmm. m- many of them do. And so we still grow up with this expectation that I'm going to be able to escape suffering. And so when it hits you, half of the problem with suffering is the shock of it. Yeah. Like when, why, why isn't that thing fixed? You know, yeah. so we have this, we're expecting yeah. the eschaton, like mm-hmm. the end to be here already. And so part of the question of like that angst of like, why isn't this solved yet is exactly what Christ came to bring, you know, mm-hmm. is to bring in the kingdom. And in his return, mm-hmm. there will be healing. Like you're going to be healed no matter what, you know. Mm-hmm. So your choices of healing are God does it now or God does it then. But in Christ, it will be done, you know. Mm-hmm. And all healing is incomplete. On, on the, you can heal the cancer just to die again. You know, yeah. everyone's yeah. going to die yeah. unless Jesus comes back. So they're temporary, you know. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. we don't know if when we're praying for somebody what what should have killed you in you know 10 days took two years and if that's like a grace as well we just don't know we don't mm-hmm. know that we don't know what god's up to when he's not healing or when he is healing mm-hmm. yeah my wife's from the congo she saw a guy raised from the dead uh, so and i think the materialistic <laughs> explanation was that he would have been in a coma uh, yeah. he was in the in the yeah. in the uh, casket in the ground. Oh yeah, he told me this. And this he's like, like not. That should be in the New Testament, man. That's such a great story. I can tell you the better story than me, but she was like, I think twelve, and she she was just walking with the crowd, and then all of a sudden the casket appears over the crowd. Imagine what that does to you when you're shaped by that. Yeah. Oh, dead doesn't mean dead. Yeah. You know. So this guy, he's an onion farmer, and that was his name, I think, the onion farmer. Anyway, so um, so they bury him, and then he gets up or whatever, and then he lived like a full life, like forty more years or whatever after this. Um, with like bad hearing, I guess. Anyway, so, uh, you know, some of those, uh, there are other cultures that are Mm -hmm. open to like another world of it. And then um, I think that's what the series is doing is Mm -hmm. like even in in a Christian who has grown mostly up in a materialistic age, just to see that there is another kingdom Mm -hmm. uh, and to see that there, here's some things that the Bible talks about that we don't talk about a ton that says there is another kingdom at work. It's kind of been just the acknowledgement of the other kingdom Mm -hmm. and the, principalities and powers and the people and the, the spiritual beings a part of it that's not what i think god's doing in our church just like being aware of the other kingdom at work you know oh and as far as how that pertains to suffering you know at yeah. least you know like there's a possibility that god's at work with something that i am not 
currently aware of. Mm -hmm. And uh, if he's a good God, then he is trustworthy mm -hmm. to be doing things that I don't have answers to. Mm -hmm. On the he healed someone or on the on the he didn't heal someone mm -hmm. sort of thing. Totally. Yeah, that brings me to maybe I'll switch our topic a little bit related to this, but was our reference in Pete's, one of Pete's sessions was First Corinthians, I think 12 about, to me, I always thought it was like a hierarchy of like healings, prophecy, like all that stuff of things that you would desire more. And so I feel like I'm still processing, even with that, we are like, well, of course I want healings and of course I want to do the ministry of Jesus, but is there a particular order? I feel like I've also asked this of myself of like, do I believe that, I have more faith in prophetic gifts than I do of healing ministry or raising people from the oh, dead. Sure. And um, kind of what that means. And even when we are within something or pastorally with people that are around pain and suffering, I think, I, Mike, you touched on, yeah, the topic of being open to this unseen realm that could bolden our faith, not necessarily confuse us more mm. about like there's other things at play and our work is to kind of bring those together too. And so, yeah. Speaking yeah. of even un other things at play. So what, so there is the, um, there is the, like a sovereignty piece involved yes. of God yep. of like, what's the why and all of that stuff behind it. And I, I do think that's a really important piece. And the other thing too, is that we, not just that we live in a fallen world, but we live in a world where humanity and the powers mm -hmm. are in rebellion to God. And that's still a reality today. Yeah. And I think that piece that there's evil there to, to say that God always gets what God wants mm. would then would make the prayer that Jesus taught us to pray not make sense. You know, your yeah. kingdom come, your will be done on earth as is yeah. in heaven assumes that it, his kingdom in heaven is not and his will is not actually being yeah. done on earth yeah. completely yet. Mm -hmm. So we're praying that his will would be done on mm -hmm. earth. Mm -hmm. um, and I also think of like in Daniel chapter 10, there's that story of Daniel praying, and immediately when he prays, God dispatches the answer, but then there's something going on in the heavens, this mm -hmm. power mm -hmm. um, that when 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 a, a spiritual being is dispatched to bring Daniel the answer to his prayer, that mm -hmm. spiritual being is interrupted by a power over um, Persia, the prince mm -hmm. of Persia, mm -hmm. which is not it's like a spiritual power over Persia, mm -hmm. which gets into that, and it delays the uh, this angel. Yeah. Do you remember that Mike's face yeah. is getting Mike's, all crunchy? Like, <laughs> no, no. Yeah. What, what, where, this is in Daniel? <laughs> Daniel 10? Yeah. I'll go read it. Yeah. 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 And, and it gets delayed. And then when, uh, and then Michael, it says, and it says that Michael, the archangel, actually had to come and help, help this other angel deliver the message. And he's like, I would have been here, but for two weeks but I, was I, I was wrestling yeah. with this mm -hmm. power. Mm -hmm. So I, I say that to say um, that that kind of stuff, I don't know. I don't, I don't know how much that stuff happens. I don't know yeah. how much of our prayers are answered and delayed. I don't, I don't know mm. how all that really mm. works in the unseen realm. What I do know, it's a reality. Mm -hmm. And I also know that um, there is, all throughout the New Testament, this idea of perseverance, of mm -hmm. like allegiance to Jesus alone and yeah. persevering in our allegiance to, to, to Jesus yeah. alone. That is, that's, mm -hmm. that's the thing. Um, and then a new, the new heavens and the earth. I like, think that's a great corrective to my yeah. comment, which yeah. is to say yeah. I sort of was talking about God's sovereignty over allowing evil and not yeah. specifically mm. on her question, which was yeah. how is he good? Yes. Because he yeah. is powerful over it no matter what. Yeah. Um, but mm -hmm. it's a great point. There are other beings and other things and other sins and other yeah. corporate sins and in individual mm -hmm. sins that make their way into the evil that we experience. It mm -hmm. is more complex than just why 
did mm-hmm. God allow it or not? Yeah. Because mm-hmm. if you're angry at God, uh, to get angry at God for not doing a, a thing is also sort of, um, this is poorly worded, but if you're if you believe in that God enough to get angry at him, you also believe in that God enough to have a, a, mm-hmm. a solution as to why the kingdom is not here yet. Because mm-hmm. uh, yes. really the request is, can you just bring it quickly? Yeah. yeah. And that's what I want yeah. too. And yeah. every lament psalm, the marker of the lament psalms is how long, O oh Lord? Yes. Mm-hmm. Like how long is it going to take you to fix yeah. this? You know, which is like the longing of every human heart. Mm-hmm. You know? mm-hmm. Yeah. When a mentor of mine used to say, when when you're suffering, there's mm-hmm. two options that that um, one is to say, you know, God is mm. in the middle of doing something and I don't understand it, mm. or, uh, or honestly, you have to say there is no God. Mm. Because the second thing is way harder, is way scarier than the first. Yeah. You know, to say, well, there, there is no God. This is all just chance and random. That's yeah. so scary to think. But your, mm-hmm. your mm-hmm. background is a corrective to the simpl- oversimplicity around like God let it happen or not, because oh, to totally. say there's a whole war. We're at war and yeah. people die in war. Yeah, totally. And there's a battle going on. And this, yeah, it happens. You know? mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think I learned that really early in my own like f- uh, walk with um, Jesus. I, I was saved later on in life, um, like uh, 16 years old or something like that. And then fast forward, uh, you know, four years, I I had my heart broken, like something I really wanted to happen. Like one of, in my in my like worldview, my framework, mm-hmm. the worst thing that could happen happened at that time, and. I remember like getting a bit angry or confused at God, like, why did you let this happen? Mm-hmm. And um, after just a lot of study and reading and all this stuff, like I, I came to this re- realization that God was like, I, I, I'm really angry too. Mm-hmm. Like I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm way, I, mm-hmm. I witnessed it and it was like, it was heartbreaking, mm-hmm. you know? And to, to know that, like, there's a, uh, there's a scripture. I forget, I, I'm forgetting the reference where, um, where God is looking at uh, the evil of some nation. I don't remember the the ones that sacrificed kids to Molech, mm-hmm. whatever whatever tribe that was or nation that was. Mm-hmm. And God's like, I didn't even imagine that coming. I didn't even see that coming. I didn't like. Mm-hmm. He was grieved to the point like mm-hmm. I didn't. I'm 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 shocked as you. <laughs> yeah, that sort yeah. of thing. Um, and you kind of see that throughout, like God's like, ah, oh. like I kind of regret. That is bad. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. I, I think yeah. that you, you, mm. there, there is this um, mm. awareness of like, we kind of think of God just like, you know, mm. controlling everything with like these buttons and blah, 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 I'm going to make everything happen. And that would mm-hmm. be more like meticulous sovereignty, which I don't subscribe to at all. Mm-hmm. I just don't think it's a biblical concept. That doesn't mean that God isn't sovereign, but... Anyways, yeah. we're, this is yeah. all the we're suffering. Yeah, theodicy Yeah, this is the yeah. For those, theodicy is the study of like suffering and yeah. the how, is, like, God, how is God dikaiosuni, whatever the mm-hmm. Greek word is that I'm mispronouncing. Mm-hmm. How is God just in just light of in suffering and good at the same and time? Good. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, which which I think would um, you know goes from that conversation to signs and wonders. Yeah. Like one thing Pete said in uh, this weekend that I really loved mm-hmm. was he, he shared a, a really cool story. He always opens up with a great story <laughs> that builds faith. Um, and I always, I, I, I've heard him do this a couple of times. He always shares stories that builds faith, but they're never his stories. Yep. They're always stories he heard. I wonder if he does that on purpose mm-hmm. to go like, hey, it's not me. Yeah. Like I, I'm not the magic bullet yeah. here. Like this is someone else that I yeah. know, you know, so yeah. it's kind of genius the way yeah. he does that. So he tells a story about something really cool that happened. You guys yeah. can listen to the audio. And then he says, 
that miraculous story um, would be normal, would mm-hmm. be ordinary in the the book of Acts. Yeah, it'd be norm, no, ordinary in the Gospels. Mm-hmm. But today, in our context, that's extraordinary. It's extraordinary. Yeah. It's like not. It's out of the ordinary. Because, <laughs> but who determines what ordinary is? Like, if the kingdom mm-hmm. of God's breaking in, mm-hmm. this is the stuff that's going to happen. Mm-hmm. And so that that gets into the discussion of signs and wonders and mm-hmm. what to expect and all of that stuff, which I think is an interesting kind of like, do we expect these things to happen? That that goes on the healing. That goes mm-hmm. with words of knowledge, words of prophecy. You know, all the stuff that kind of happens. Mm-hmm. Salvation, radical salvation. Mm-hmm all of that stuff, you know? My, my only pushback on that idea was that uh, it was abnormal for their day too. And that in human history, God seems to have these little peaks and valleys of when he works, you know? So like mm-hmm. people mm-hmm. people back mm-hmm. then were like, oh crap, this person w- wasn't able to see and now they are. There's something special mm-hmm. going on. Oh, well, you're right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, you're right. And yeah. uh, to say like uh, it's prescriptive, mm-hmm. acts, acts is not prescriptive for every day in your life and that you have a problem with your faith if you don't see those things all the time. Mm-hmm. I think I mm-hmm. have heard it implied to me for mm-hmm. by some folks. For Yeah, prescriptive versus mm-hmm. descriptive. It's, acts is a descriptive. Most of it is descriptive of what happens when the Spirit... It's mm-hmm. not prescriptive mm-hmm. like, go and do this thing. Yeah, if you had more yeah. faith, you'd speak in tongues like like yeah. these people or what have you. Yeah. But I also think, too, like, first of all, that's a great point. Like, <laughs> that's why people were freaking out. Yeah. I was like, oh my gosh, this guy's Should I be seeing doing this, every this? Day? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. But I think the point is that when we read it in yeah. the Gospels and actually, like, yeah, this is the stuff that happens. You know, it's like that famous Wimber um, thing where he, uh, when John Wimber uh, was saved, was came to Christ, he went to a church and nothing in church match anything in this Bible. Oh, Francis oh, yeah. Chan does some yeah. of it like this too. He's like, I'm reading the Bible and I go to church and nothing in here <laughs> happens here. Yeah. Yeah. What's going on? Yeah. And he's like, I, I just want, can we just do this stuff? If we believe the same yeah. Jesus, shouldn't the stuff that surrounds the gospels mm-hmm. and acts and the new Testament mm-hmm. kind of be happening here. And mm-hmm. that led him on that journey mm-hmm. to, you know, help co-found a vineyard and all the stuff that happened with the charismatic renewal stuff. Yeah. I don't mm-hmm. know where God has me, but I know that when I went into seminary, so I, I got saved in my late teens, mm-hmm. and then I got mentored really quickly into being like the lackey intern at church. And then, <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I slept in the spare bedroom of this old couple uh, for three years and then finished, finished my undergrad and um, went to the best grad school that would let me in um, and have the student loans to prove it. Yeah. And then uh, I went into seminary, much more liberal Mm. theologically. Uh, That's from like a stream of early 1900s that sort of said the Bible needs to move on from these miracles. It's very modernistic, Mm -hmm. very Western modernistic. So I I sort of bought into that in my undergrad because I mostly went to a secular Mm -hmm. uh, Western influenced undergrad and studied religion there. And so I went into seminary not thinking that Christianity was credible underneath this criticism of modernism. And I, and and I went to a church that was mostly just like seeker-sensitive, entertainment-oriented mm-hmm. uh, kind of church. So well, it was kind of content light, uh, chapter church. And then seminary forced me to like read all the books mm-hmm. I would never read and to study all the t- scriptures mm-hmm. that weren't in my system of, of theology at the time. And I, I left. No, I, was, I went in kind of a cessationist. These miracles don't really happen like that. Or maybe a little chronological snobbery. We talk about that a lot. Like, yeah. like back then they were dumb mm. and now I'm smart. Mm. And so these things don't happen in my life. 
And then, I, so I went out of seminary, like forced to study a bunch of all that stuff as like a continuationist, meaning like, um, I think, I think the arguments for the fact that Christians should not expect these things to ever happen are kind of like really weak and are super embedded in like a very particular kind of white church experience. Mm-hmm. Um, they're not global mm-hmm. theologians. They're mm-hmm. very just totally. like Westernist, modernistic. And so I, so I left much more conservative theologically, like mm-hmm. much more like, oh, the Bible does really hold up against these criticisms. And I just was young and thought that nobody else ever criticized the Bible, you know? Mm-hmm. And I left going, I wonder what will happen of my faith if I become like, Ugh, charismatic. <laughs> you know, right? He says that with disdain. Yeah, yeah. And my, and my <laughs> thing still is sort of like, how do you just remain sure. open while yeah. not just absorbing the yeah. tropes and the, the social learning of like yes. this other denomination instead of the one yeah. you came from? Like, how yeah. do you go like, oh, what's yeah. of the Bible from the charismatic tradition and the reformed theological tradition and this like liberal mm. group of people that are really thinking rigorously about mm-hmm. theology? That's my personal story. Anyways. No, I think that's yeah, really good. good. Yeah. Yeah. We have that conversation. That's a live conversation of like, as this stuff is happening, how do we not just adopt all the Pentecostal stuff? Yes. Like, oh, the Pentecostals do this. Not that it's bad. It's just yeah. like they do it, so we do it. Like, um, you know, we don't have to just adopt. Now you're a charismatic church. You have to do the Pentecostal thing, you know, versus yeah. uh, this other thing. So. Mm-hmm. And to what extent are those things beautiful and need to stretch you? Yeah, yeah. Like we have staff conversations around yes, that. To what yeah. extent do we need to get out of our particular box of yeah. what's comfortable to yeah. us? I love the picture that Pete uh, or the quote that he gave, I don't remember what section it was now, but how for me it was challenging because I like order. And so he compared it to a graveyard versus a nursery. And he's like, Ash the graveyard. Me the whole time. He's like, it's neat and tidy, but people are dead. And I was like, oh my gosh, I think we're like, I don't want to be dead, right? And he's like, but the nursery, he's like, there's something freeing and a hunger for the spirit that it's messy, but it's so alive. And so I was like, I feel like that unlocked something for our church that was like, we love the neat and tidy. We love that, but man, I don't want to be dead. I don't want our church to be dead at all. I, I want to be yeah. okay with a little bit of the mess. And so that is a huge stretch for me to be like, okay, we're going to be a little messy. And that's, that is actually a really good thing for our church to be. Yeah, I'm yeah. great with spiritual mess. I'm horrible with physical mess. <laughs> Just pick yeah. up your stuff. That's yeah. funny about you. Yeah. You really are open yeah. to a lot of like spiritual mess for a guy who's yeah. pretty put together. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm like, when it gets spiritual mess, I'm like, oh, let's let yeah, it, let like, it flow. Yeah. But, that but I'm like, but what is that? that cup doing there? Yeah. <laughs> Can someone pick up that cup? <laughs> Can someone clean that cup? The spirit <laughs> lives in that cup. That's a great point. <laughs> Ash, yeah, did the, Ash is next to me. I heard it first service. I'm like, I roll my eyes going, Ash, I'm going to hear this from Ash. She sat with me next second service. She's like, see? See, when there's toys embrace. all over the house, yeah. there's we life. have a nursery, not a graveyard. I'm like, life, but that's a spirit. I think it's a <laughs> yeah, spiritual yeah. thing he's talking about. <laughs> not yeah. a oh, I, but thing. I love from yes. Pete read from First Corinthians 14. Yes, yeah. And if you read First Corinthians 14, Paul says in regards to prophecy and tongues mm-hmm. and the church and what is God doing with things after Acts chapter two, where he spoke yeah. to all these different people groups. And these people who didn't know those languages spoken them, and how does that work out in church? And Paul says, in regards to evil, be infants. Yeah. Uh, but but think like adults. So mm-hmm. it's like have have um, not childishness, but in regards to like darkness and the yeah. temptation, be like a child childish person who just yes. needs their dad and yep. depends on God that way. Mm-hmm. And in regards to like life in the church, think like adults and engage your mind and be yeah. critical about how yeah. you think God works with the spiritual gifts. And I think that's a perfect summation of like what I need in my life is like mm-hmm. in regards to evil powers and temptation mm-hmm. to live your life in the shadow calling of what God is not asking from your life. Mm-hmm. Um, just be a baby. 
Yeah. Uh, but but don't stay baby a baby in every sense. Yeah. Don't just be a foolish, uncritical, illogical yeah. person. I think that's mm-hmm. what God's wanting from you. Mm-hmm. But in regards to all the rest of the stuff, be adults and think mm-hmm. clearly, which I think mm-hmm. is helpful. What were yeah. you, Mike, coming from a kind of non-charismatic background um, through seminary or right mm-hmm. out of seminary? What were you thinking about the prophecy stuff? Because mm-hmm. we, we there was that's kind of where we want to land. Yeah. Because on the third night. Uh, Pete did this thing. He kind of really swung for the fences. He did this yeah. thing. It's like high risk, high reward, um, which uh, which I, <laughs> I I believe in sometimes. Sometimes <laughs> it's like high risk, and then the reward is like, and eh, it's fine. But this was a high reward. And it was yeah. really worth it. He brought up like four people on stage mm-hmm. that, that he just randomly asked during worship. Yep. He just walked up to someone that Can I would imagine he was yeah. praying and yeah. like, I'd say, go to this person. Yeah. Um, that might be the spiritual answer, but let's look mm-hmm. like he's going up to people and like, Hey, can you, yeah. Can you help me out? Mm-hmm. Can you go on stage and do an exercise? And you had to be mm-hmm. really open and really mm-hmm. down for this. And he found four random people, bottom up on stage with stools and then taught the room how to actually prophesy over someone mm-hmm. and like how the natural can lead to the supernatural and that sort of thing, observing someone mm-hmm. and observing their countenance and then asking God what's going on there. So then uh, he had everyone look at the four. He goes, one of them will come to your mind. Which one? Focus on them and then just ask God, is there something that you want to say to them? And that, and then it was really cool. So we had everyone raise their hand and then Mike's went around like, this person, yeah. who had a word for this person, who, who who was drawn to this person and who heard something. So the mic went around and it could have been like horrible. Like, oh, but it, the rules were you can't prophesy death. Or birth or marriage. Birth or marriage, which I thought yeah. was epic. Great, wonderful. <laughs> and still yeah. there was a little bit of that. There yeah. was some, yeah. a little yeah. bit like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, Wait, did that guy, that one guy that said, um, so... Uh, Stay tuned. Remember that? Yeah, he's, he's like, I was about yeah. to bring someone really special oh, into your life. did you say someone or something? Something. Someone. I heard something. Something. Oh, Ash heard someone too. Ash heard someone in your life. So stay, stay tuned. tuned. And I, everyone started roaring. Yeah. I thought something special in your life. So stay tuned. Yeah. The both, laugh doesn't, the both. laugh that I heard from the crowd doesn't match. It doesn't the, match oh. something, but who knows? Yeah. Who knows? I don't yeah. know. Anyway. So what yeah. was your take on that? Yeah. That, where are you at now? Um, okay. Uh, I'm wondering if I want to record these things for perpetuity. Okay, so I'll, I have two <laughs> things. Yeah. This out. What? yeah, okay. If it sounds dumb, then you edit it out. Yeah. We all have baggage. I have baggage mm. in two areas. Mm. One, my first church I worked at for nine years was heavily influenced by the charismatic renewal and the Jesus movement. But it was an unhealthy church. The only people who stuck around in that church were unhealthy people. A lot of unhealthy people. Mm. Obviously, it's an overstatement to say they're mm-hmm. all unhealthy or whatever. But it was in a tough place. And mm. so we had a lot of people who were influenced by these kinds of gifts, but mm. a lot of people who were very unchecked and were very critical unless you have a lot of the say at the Lord coming from you. And I thought Pete did a great job of clarifying what the Bible says about prophecy so that we're not coming out with what I have in my baggage. Mm. And I was a bit of reacting to early in my Mm -hmm. Christian faith, which is I had a lot of people saying, God told me this thing, Mm -hmm. pastor. And if you don't agree with it Mm -hmm. and start acting in line with it, then you didn't listen to the Lord. And we only prophesy in part. Mm. And all prophecy is saying uh, something like, I sense God doing this thing, although, although because it's looking through the glass dimly, which is Paul's language in... The first Corinthians somewhere, first Corinthians 12, middle. Yeah. <laughs> um, then there's a, I thought Pete did a great job of communicating so much of the scripture stuff that it allowed us to couch it in. Um, I'm not saying uh, I know God spoke 
or and it, therefore if it fails, mm -hmm. then uh, I'm a false prophet and should be stoned, mm -hmm. as is the, mm -hmm. the case at some point in the eras of the Old Testament. So um, that's my baggage. Second baggage is um, when I was in youth ministry, we had a traveling prophet come through town and had amazingly specific. This is when Facebook and MySpace were like a thing, but early. <laughs> And he had amazingly specific prophecies and raised a, a decent amount of money on some of these, his ministry. And then, but it was just evident after knowing the person for more time that it was like, it was just online research. Uh-uh. Yeah. Oh, You'd know the gosh. names involved in some of this from, because oh, we both gosh. did ministry in Bakersfield, California so for some awful. time. Shout out. So a little bit of like baggage <laughs> of going like, oh, my heart like leapt for joy in yeah. the sense that God worked, but then to see that it was like um, abused. Yeah, just a yeah. wolf in sheep's clothing. So getting over your baggage, if, if that, I think we all yep. bring that to the table yeah. with God. Um, that being said, I think Pete did such a great job ca ca characterizing what the Bible really says so that it wasn't overstating it. It wasn't wasn't disbelieving it, wasn't discounting it. And then people, I think, were free to use the gift in a way that's like was only healthy. So that's why I thought it was a powerful experience. That's cool. Mm -hmm. Do you want to tee up the... Yeah. So because of that um, amazing generosity and safety of that space on our session three, I have two testimonials from the people that actually got words from our congregation. And it is very much what they're still processing as well. So I'm going to leave those with you. Um, how am I doing? How did everything resonate? You know, it deeply, deeply resonated with me. And the, the words that were spoken over me would like, if you think about it, it was just during a time of quote unquote practice, right? And it was so powerful. And those words also opened up, you know, gateways for people to pray into and bring even more revelation after we had done the, you know, practice giving, you know, prophetic words part and and the prayer was so powerful because it doubled down into the things that my heart and my spirit needed to hear that I it didn't even know that I needed to hear and so for me they were like really pivotal and like cracking something open in me which honestly I haven't finished processing yet I mean so much came up in those moments um just even today I was realizing like how much of my fear and anxiety was in this upcoming season was around a lack of trust in my in myself and honestly questioning God's decision making skills. And all I heard him say over that was, I see you, I know you, I've chosen you, I've chosen you like for this thing, like no, like I'm not wrong. You know, and I asked God for a word and was just completely blown away. And I'm sitting with like, okay, if if that is what God can do with a fleeting comment that I made, just a passing comment to God, and he blew my expectations like what can he do with answering my deepest desires? Like the things that I honestly have stopped praying for because they felt too hard and they haven't come to fruition yet. But if that's what God can do in a fleeting moment of a passing thought and blow my expectations, then what can he do with those desires when I give them to him as well? So that's where I'm at. Yeah, I think uh, I know Naomi and I know the people that were prophesying. A lot of them didn't know her uh -huh. and and... Um, seeing some of those land with her was really cool. I, I agree with her. I think there was something about when, <clears throat> when uh, in Pete's language, everyone gets to play, you yeah. know, when just everyone gets to, and I found too with words, um, Ash was sitting next to me that night and someone stood up and said, I had a word and they gave the word. And then Ash is like, 
like she just almost exploded. She goes, I got the exact same thing. Like that sort of thing. It happens just the encouragement of like, no, the God was speaking this to several people in the room and this is really important Mm -hmm. to this person. And so, um, so I thought that was really cool. The, the, the last gal in the thing, the first guy on the mic speaking to her, mm-hmm. the first question was, are you an artist? Uh, <laughs> it yeah. seemed like much more specific than the yeah. average, uh, yeah. God loves you. Okay. That, okay. Yeah. Do you have, and that's hers. I have next to yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like I want to have process yeah. something too about that. It's so crazy. As I record this, I am on my second day of fasting. And that came from the first prophetic word I received at the encounter God conference where someone gave me a word about my family and then said, I don't know, maybe fast for three days and pray into it. Um, and the whole church laughed. Um, but that's what I'm doing right now. So there's so many things I'm pondering still and journaling through. Um, but the first thing is um, one of the words I received, or actually many of the words I received were about being an artist. And I didn't express it at the time, but dancer and writer are two of the identities that um, I've identified with in the past or am currently uh, struggling through, pondering. Um, But um, I want to read this uh, journal entry from September 12th, um, a couple of weeks before this conference. It's titled, What It Means to Be an Artist. That was the title of my journal entry. And that was me pondering (laughs) this whole situation, this crossroads that I'm at, which is um, another word that was given to me. And the the last sentence I wrote in this journal entry was, as an artist, I want to honor my craft, my creative impulses, and my instrument. I need to take myself seriously because I have a God-given calling. And so to receive a word about this calling and um, that God needs to need to be in this space um, for someone to resemble him in this space. When I was asked uh, to volunteer for that part of the workshop, I was so eager because I was so parched, just so thirsty to hear from God. I just wanted to grab onto his robe and receive healing. And um, yeah, all so many of those words answered very specific questions for me about the crossroads that I'm at and. Um, just spoke to the pain I felt and gave me hope, which I had lost um, for for the joy that I can receive in the Lord still. And the words that I received were so uplifting and just awakened something in my heart. And it's not the kind of thing where I was hearing things that shocked me um, or surfaced things I had not realized. It was like, wow, I knew I knew that God was saying these things to me and here is a community of people here to affirm and support me through that. Um, A community of people who hear from God and have God's heart and they could not have captured my present reality better and just spoke with such power into my future. So I just, these days I just wanna sit and um, continue to invite God's presence in and so excited to continue praying into some of the words I received. She's wow. cool. Yeah, that was cool. 
the gal who uh, the gal in the back who grabbed the mic and said that she felt like God wanted her to fast for three days. Mm-hmm. That's a very nice characterization because if I remember correctly, it was kind of a command mm-hmm. from her. You know, you need mm-hmm. to fast for three days. Uh, and then everyone was like, oh, all right, yes, we got, okay, yes, we got to do it. Um, so it sounds like she's fasting now. Mm-hmm. But the crack up was my wife after church on Sunday came home and she was like, it's the same lady. She said, some lady was in the back at, on Sunday and there was a call to come forward in the service. And she wasn't like waiting for people to do it. She was grabbing people by the shoulder and saying, hey, you need to go down. And then she grabbed this other person and went, I'm, God wants me to tell you, you need to go down there to the front. And then my wife, who doesn't like being pushed anywhere, you know, was sort of like, all right, lady, pushing everyone around to go to the front or whatever. But then she told me in the car, she was like, the crazy part is all those people came back crying and we're talking about how much God had like met them in the prayer time in the front. And so she was like, hey, I guess sometimes you just got to grab people and tell them to go down. Who was grabbing that? Her or the the same lady who said that she needs to fast for three days was also grabbing people's shoulders and pushing them down to the front. And then they all had, they all were crying and hugging her and saying, thanks so much for that. That, Yeah. that, Yeah. She's sweet. Okay. Um, First of all, okay, my, here's my kind of, uh, my come at for mm-hmm. this. So the person who asked at the beginning, are you an artist? Mm-hmm. That person never been to our church before. Yeah. Was invited by another person. Yeah. So doesn't know anything about anything. Yeah. Doesn't know anything about our church really. Just yeah. like uh, was invited and stands up and says that. And yeah. I was like, well, that was, a, uh, that, was that was a swing. Yeah. yeah, that was a swing. Are you an artist? Like everyone's an artist, you know. <laughs> yeah. But no, this person was like a legit artist. That's what they do. And I was like, mm. oh dang, this is gonna get good. And it was. Well, that same person I meet afterwards. Just mm. someone wanted, like, hey, I find this friend. I wanted you to mm-hmm. meet this person. So we're chatting for a little bit, and this person is also an artist. So maybe an artist knows an artist. I don't really know. Maybe <laughs> it's the way they dress or wearing an artist smock. <laughs> I have no idea. But he's like, hey, can I pray for you? So he prays for me. And he, he, he kind of like prophetically prayed over me and he was, it was so insanely accurate. It was mm. eerie how accurate it was. He had this, like, uh, he said, I have this vision of, um, there's a crack in the ground and you're just putting a bunch of seeds in the ground mm. because you know that you can't break up this ground with, um, with a hammer or you can't demolish it. You have to plant seeds and let the roots pull the ground up. Mm. And so you're you're planting seeds, and um, there are people that would want to frack to get to the bottom of something and like gold mine, but you but you're planting and you're not gold mining. And I'm like, this does this person know? Yeah. I, I didn't know this person at all. That, that's a chief metaphor for your for vision you. for our church. That is for the years. metaphor for the vision of church. Yeah. Like be a miner, be a farmer, not a miner. Yes. Yeah. And then just started going off. He's like, and then you're actually doing things for the next generation. You're not even doing things for you won't see it. Mm. You, the next generation will see, but you won't see it. And God has spoke that to me so many times mm-hmm. of like, mm-hmm. why we're in this building, all the stuff we're building towards, mm-hmm. we won't, I won't mm-hmm. probably get to see the stuff that will happen. Mm-hmm. It'll be for the next generation. It, and all this other stuff. And I, and I got done, I'm just like kind of spinning. I'm like, can I just tell, I don't know if this is encouraging, could I just tell you how like spot on? He's like, sure, man. So I tell him, he's like, that's cool. I'm like, <laughs> like such a prophet. My life like, has oh, changed. Yeah, cool. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it was so good. Like when someone has that yeah. gift, it's pretty wild. Yeah. It's pretty wild. And I think what Pete was getting at was like, um, this gift is like a muscle that you actually exercise. You know, um, mm-hmm. that the, the more you do it, the more like, so it's like, just like hearing the voice of God, like you exercise that muscle, you get to learn the voice, you know, mm-hmm. you cultivate that voice. So hey, I thought what was going on with her was so cool. Mm-hmm. And afterwards, hey, uh, 
they had, uh, if you had a word for mm -hmm. them, they're on the front and please pray into it. I don't know. This, the whole night was really mm -hmm. cool and I was really grateful. Mm -hmm. The whole weekend. Yeah. Cool. People were walking away from that prayer time with like uh, light shining from their faces. Yeah. You know what I mean? Oh my so God. Like walking up to the back. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. It was so funny because uh, Ash, I mean, it's like, way past bedtime yeah. and the kids are just you know i mean they're loving it because they're yeah. like people it's yeah. it's not i should be in bed but i'm gonna go crazy um and i keep looking at ash like ash you gotta you, you need to get home to get the kids to bed like i obviously it's my job i have to stay here until we're done she goes i don't want to leave yeah i don't want to leave because it was so sweet what's going on it's so they didn't great. they just stayed it was cool it's it was whatever yeah. um but that it was that that sentiment like people just didn't want to leave mm -hmm. uh, as a senior pastor or lead pastor of the church mm -hmm. whatever your title is <laughs> Uh, what do you founder? No, I'm do you just here? <laughs> yeah, yeah, everybody's doing do that now. Founder of the church, like yeah. so, oh, so, so, like Silicon Valley. Whatever. You're right. Um, what do you or what do you guys sense next? Uh, like, what what do you hope for next from mm. this conference within our congregation? What do you envision, or what are you praying for? Uh, um, I think I want um, our congregation to keep living into this this thing. That's what I. At the end of it, I said there's three kind of pathways to keep mm -hmm. this going. Tuesday morning prayer, which they practice this all the time, and fail, and it's really cool. Mm -hmm. Like what, I've been in there a few times when people just take big swings in prophecy, and it's like, <laughs> no, man, no. But you need to practice, you know? Yeah. So that's a really good laboratory for practicing. Mm -hmm. um, and um, uh, the other one is a Sunday morning pre-service prayer, which we actually are going back to something we used to do pre-pandemic, which we, we, we pray and then actually ask God for prophetic words that we bring up to the congregation during call to respond. Um, and then, um, so my hope is that we keep doing this. My hope, like my ultimate hope is that uh, because we have rows, uh, I mean, we have pews, which has always been a dream. My hope is that there, there is a pew ministry happening uh, as much as uh, stage ministry happening. So like where people are just getting prophetic words for the people next to them. I've seen this happen where people walk up to someone who's kneeling, like, hey, I just want to pray for you. I had this, like, mm -hmm. God wants me to give you this mm -hmm. word or whatever. I want to see that happening in the mm -hmm. congregation, you know? Mm -hmm. So us doing our part as leadership to try to cultivate mm -hmm. that. But I, that's my, that's, that's my hope. That's cool. Jess? No, I was just reminded of the... A picture on Sunday that Pete gave about God's breath and like what I want to steward for our church is like I want a hunger for the Holy Spirit but when he breathes into people that we actually are stewarding that he's like alive that he's still alive that he's giving us life um, rather than he's just breathing on us and like doing whatever but it's a more like participatory thing and so I just want more of what happened this weekend to be normative yeah so yeah Cool. Well, thanks for yeah. listening. So if you were at the conference um, and have a story, we would love to hear your story. Uh, you can email hello out. You can also probably send a voice note and you can email a voice note, which is really cool because mm -hmm. sometimes we'll play them on, on, yeah. on air as they say in the yeah. biz. Um, <laughs> but yeah, send us. Uh, 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 voice notes are like a lifesaver. I hate typing and I love talking. So I just voice note. Hey. And so if you want to do that, do that. Uh, hello at realitysf.com and uh, the the Encountering God conference sat inside of our Unseen Realm series. So um, we continue it this next week with uh, David Bennett, who is our 
theologian in residence from Oxford will be with us and will be teaching on the Christological victory over the powers from Colossians. Mm-hmm. This is going to be so, so fun. Um, so that's the Sunday. All right. Well, see you all soon. Yes.